Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. On today's program, we're continuing in the series on influence and how we use influence to stay connected to our kids at a heart level, how we use influence to develop confident, capable kids who will stand strong and not fall prey to the dual life culture going on in the adolescent culture today. And there's nothing more powerful for developing influence, in my opinion, than today's topic, making failure our friend. And this topic really strikes home for me today because just in the last 24 hours, we've come to the conclusion that we've made a pretty major mistake, a mistake that likely is costing us $10,000 that frankly we didn't have. Some of you are aware because of radio programs of my kids that they're starting a company, eFamily Games, and that they're launching their first game, Saving Eagles, with a partnership that they've put together with the Philippine Eagle Foundation who protects the Philippine Eagle. There's only about 800 of them left in the world. Well, of course, they need a lot of help from dad, who started a company in the past himself. And uh, so we've been working together, and we selected a marketing firm to help us have a successful crowdfunding launch, and that has turned into a disaster. It's put egg on our face with our partner, the Philippine Eagle Foundation, because the marketing firm missed a couple of launch dates. And now we think that the full $10,000 that we invested into launching their company may be gone, and we don't have a way to replace it. Um, so the sense of failure, uh, the sense of stupidity, the sense of how did I make this mistake is very real. As I sit here today recording this radio program, uh, I think God has a sense of humor that this was the topic for today, and we had all of this kind of become painfully obvious in the last 24 hours. And maybe some of you are saying, why are you sharing this with us? You shouldn't share this with us. You know, you shouldn't air your mistakes in in public. But when you look at the Bible and that passage, it says, if we walk in the darkness, we lie and the truth is not with us. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have true fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies us from all unrighteousness. I have seen this be so true and so powerful in my life as I've done it at different points, like I'm doing with you now, and more importantly, in my family culture and in my kids' lives, that it's not even funny. In fact, I would say that the way we handle failure, our kids' failure as parents, is one of the greatest ways to gain influence in our kids' lives. Why do I believe that the way we handle failure is the best way to gain influence in our kids' lives? Because I've seen it in my family. I've seen it with my kids. And frankly, I see it in the way Jesus handled 
the people around him who were failing, whether it was the disciples or people in the crowd. He handled failure in such a way that he gained influence in the lives of the people he was trying to help, who were struggling, who were failing, who were making really significant mistakes. And to truly grasp this, we need to look at the definition of influence one more time. Influence is best defined as the act or power of producing an effect without apparent exertion of force or direct exercise of command. This is so powerful. Influence is not based upon authority, position, and power, or forcing people to do things. Influence works through the back door. Influence gets people to want to change. This type of influence is based upon a genuine platform of love and care. And while we all desire to have influence in our kids' lives, and we love our kids, and we care about our kids, it's really easy to handle failure in a way that costs us influence, where our kids are frustrated, they're hurt, where we're frustrated, we're hurt, and we're walking away from each other, not drawing closer to one another like we see happening when Jesus handles the failure with the adulterous woman, or we see Jesus handle the failure with the woman at the well, or the way he handled the tax collectors. The way he handled those failures made the woman at the well go and get the entire little town she lived in to come out and listen to him. It didn't send her away upset and mad. This is why I believe that the way we handle failure is the most powerful way to gain influence in our kids' lives. And this means we need to handle failure in that kind, protecting, gentle way that we see Jesus doing it with the rich young ruler, with the woman at the well, with the adulterous woman. That is such a paradigm shift from the way so many of us were raised. And even a lot of the parenting programs that we may have gone to or many of the books that we've read. But I've seen it work time and time again in my kids' lives, in the families that I'm coaching and their kids' lives, and in the parents who have come to our live events or taken our online class and have gone through it and used the implementation guide. All of a sudden, when love truly rules our homes, we're gaining influence. And grace is flowing beyond anything we thought was wise. We might even feel like it's enabling. But all of a sudden, the kids are listening. All of a sudden, the kids are desiring to see changes in their own lives. All of a sudden, they're making better decisions. And so this means the way we look at failure in our kids, the way we handle failure in our kids, the way we view failure needs to change. We need to see failure as our friend. And like we've talked about, mentors do this all the time with their kids, just like Jesus did with the people in his life. Mentors are often assigned to the at-risk kids, the kids who are making the poor decisions, the kids that are in danger of dropping out of school and doing other things that are less than productive. And they get in there and see the change through influence and by discussing those failures in a kind and gentle way and helping them evaluate if that's who and where they really want to go. 
And I know it's easier for a mentor than for a parent because as a parent, we actually do have that position of power and authority in our kids' lives. We can pull out the money. We can pull out the phone. We can pull out the Xbox and screen time. We can pull out a lot of things to force our kids to make the right decision or to do what we want them to do or ask them to do. Mentors don't have that luxury, so they're forced to figure out that backdoor route to seeing a kid desire to change and coming alongside them in that way. One of the things we need to realize as parents is that kids are often beating themselves up. They're down on themselves. They're thinking there's something wrong with them because they see themselves making the same mistake over and over again, the same mistake we keep coming down on over and over again and are frustrated about, and we're losing influence and our kids are losing that confidence. And remember, that's what this series is all about, raising kids who are strong, confident, who won't be swayed by all the stuff going on around them. This is why teaching our kids to handle failure in a positive way is so important. But that means we need to handle our kids' failure in a positive way. That's not saying, good job for failing. It's not saying, wow, just go out and fail more. It's handling it with a joyful spirit. It's handling it with a level of amazing patience and grace that causes our kids to be willing to interact with us around the failure to help them discern the feelings and the reasons that they made maybe the mistake or the reason they're struggling with motivation, the reason they don't want to do their homework, the things that happen to us every day that can frustrate us and just just do the homework. Come on. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. But we can miss such amazing opportunities for deep conversations, for deep understanding, for a deep heart connection with our kids, and for our kids to learn deeply. So our kids often beat themselves up. And that brings me back to my story of the last 24 hours. And so as I go back to the last 24 hours with you for a minute, you know, last night I woke up at 3 a.m. thinking about the situation, thinking about the money, thinking about my kids and their crushed hopes related to their company. And, you know, it was it's real easy for me to slip into that getting down on myself, beating myself up place. But what I've found is that can lead to wanting to protect oneself. It can lead to not wanting to really look back and, and learn from the situation. It's just a, a process of getting negative about yourselves. And this is what I've seen in so many kids I work with in the coaching. They are so good at beating themselves up. Often I find they're doing it for things that truly aren't their fault, much like I was doing last night in bed. We talked to multiple marketing firms. We looked at some reviews online and we selected a firm based upon that. I did the best that I knew how to do for my kids, with my kids. They sat in on every phone call with the marketing firm, and we all kind of made the decision together. But I've got to look my wife in the eyes and say, honey, I think we just wasted $10,000 that we didn't have. And somehow we've got to figure out how to reshape this thing, regroup, and still figure out how to launch it because we have this partnership with the Philippine Eagle Foundation who's counting on the funding that we can provide to help their mission. That walking in the light is so freeing that owning it and turning and facing it and then sitting down with the kids and, and talking about it last night and saying, okay, what could we have done differently? What would we do differently going forwards to ensure we don't get in this situation again? 
That's the learning. That's where we learn the most. And it's so valuable to do with our kids. And part of the lesson is to realize that sometimes there's no way to avoid the mistake. Sometimes mistakes just happen like this one. And that beating yourself up isn't going to help. It's time to look at it, learn from it, and move forwards and not get negative about yourself. Not get down on yourself. Not let it begin to shape what you believe about yourself, which can destroy the internal confidence. And I've seen that in so many of the kids I've worked with, that their confidence has been destroyed because we've been down on them about their mistakes. They've been down on themselves. And there's no way in that situation that a kid isn't going to start to lose confidence. And unfortunately, when they lose confidence in themselves and their decision-making abilities and their abilities to succeed, they are so much more likely to become entangled in things we know aren't best for our kids. When we come back in a couple of minutes, we'll continue talking about the nature of influence and this whole concept of making failure our friend in our family culture so that our kids don't get down on themselves, they don't beat themselves up, they don't lose confidence, and so that they stay close and connected to us. Because that's what Revive Family's all about, connecting hearts. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in a couple of moments. Are you concerned about your kids and looking for hope? Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott has a brave new approach that is dramatically changing the lives of kids and parents for the better. The program is called Influential Parenting, and it targets the root of motivation and behavior issues rather than whacking away at behavior that leads to conflict. The program is available in an online class, on an audio CD, or DVD. Get Influential Parenting today at revivefamily.com radio. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we're continuing the conversation about influence and making failure our friend in our family, in our family culture. It is so vital. Jesus gained influence every time he handled someone's failure. He didn't lose it. Mentors gain influence in at-risk kids' lives, given the way they handle the kids' failure in their lives. But it's often so much more difficult for us as parents. We deal with our kids day in and day out, every minute of every day. We see all of their weaknesses. We see their tendencies. We see the repeated mistakes. And it's easy to lose patience. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to get negative. None of that leads to deeper influence in our kids' lives. None of that leads to a deeper heart connection with our kid. And so we've got to look at failure differently. We've got to look at it in a positive light. Whether I've been working on the college campus with students at Oregon State or Northern Arizona University many years ago, or working with kids in a local church ministry that we helped start a college ministry, or doing the research with all the kids related to Revive Family, and then my own family, I have seen repeatedly that our perspective of failure and how we process failure ourselves often translates directly into how we handle the failure in our kids' lives. 
What do I mean by that? If when we fail, like I did last night, we wake up at 3 a.m. and we beat ourselves up and we're negative inside about ourselves and we can't find the humor in it. We can't find the lesson in it. We can't learn and grow from it and realize we're becoming better people. We're growing and we're becoming more Christ-like through these failures, and we can't find that positive in failure. We're not going to be able to find the positive in the failure with our own kids. I find with my kids, I really have to help them find the positive in their failure. Because we're so tight, because we're so connected at a heart level, when they fail, when they feel like they've failed us specifically, it hits them really hard, especially Paul and Eric for some reason, our 16-year-old and our 11-year-old. We can just watch their countenance change. We can see them go to this place of regret, uh, of you know negativity, and we have to help them come back and see the positive. One of my favorite things to do when I sense that one of my kids is lying is to put a smile on my face. You're saying, what? Put a smile on your face? Why on earth would you do that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, early on in our parenting journey, when we hadn't figured out the nature and power of influence, our kids lied to us a lot more often. They hid things from us a lot more often. So it doesn't happen very often right now. But I find it humorous because there's no reason for them to hide things from us in our home because we handle failure like Jesus did with all the examples we've talked about. And so it's kind of like, wow, the human nature so badly wants to cover up our mistakes. And this whole thought of walking in the light is a godly thought. It's a foreign thought to us. So I have to help my kids do it. That's why I find it humorous when they start to lie. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, I literally find it amusing because there's no reason for them to do it. And I put a smile on my face and I'll look at them and say, hey, Pinocchio, how are you doing? Or how long is your nose growing right now? And inevitably, there's a chuckle. There's a burst of laughter underneath there in them that they're repressing because they're still trying to hide whatever that failure is. But then we get them to talk about it. We get them to laugh at it. We want to bring about this positive sense that failure is not our enemy. It's our friend. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And that's why we don't lose trust when we fail each other in our home. It's why we continue to give grace and love and forgive each other when we fail each other in our home. It's so important to have this positive culture around failure if we want to have influence on our kids' lives. Every time I handle their failure in a positive way, they draw closer to me. They work harder on seeing things change in their lives. They open up with me and we're able to talk about it and look at it and help them analyze what's going on inside that's leading them to this place of wanting to hide things or want, or making a bad decision or making a mistake. Honestly, it happens really rarely in our home. Um, 
I mean, way more rarely than anyone ever believes uh, until they come visit and hang out with us for a week. And then they go, wow, (laughs) Uh, obviously this must work because things are so different. Um, The way your kids respond, the way they listen, the way um, you guys interact, it's just a lot lighter and brighter than our home. And that's what we see in The Good Shepherd, isn't it? Light and bright in spite of being surrounded by failure. So as parents, if we're beating ourselves up, if we've grown negative about ourselves, it often stems back to our childhood where we adopted negative beliefs about ourselves, where we have developed areas of sensitivity that can bring immense frustration and pain and anger to the surface if our kids prick it or if our spouse pricks it. This is where we've got to look at ourselves and realize and understand that failure is okay with us. Maybe it wasn't in our homes growing up. Maybe that caused us to lose confidence and to become negative about ourselves. And then our kids trip over that negativity, and that negativity is so hard for us to deal with, we get frustrated, we get angry, we react instead of being the good shepherd. This is the beauty of failure being your friend. Yeah, it's painful to look back at some of our failures, but what if we processed them? What if we let them go? What if we grieved the things we really need to grieve? What if we turned and allowed our own hearts to heal? Because when our hearts are healthy and when they're healed, it's a lot easier for their kids, for our kids to connect deeply with our hearts. Often I hear, hey, it's normal for kids during adolescence to distance from us. They need to break out. They need to get out there on their own. They need to separate from us. And I totally agree from a responsibility standpoint, from a growth and learning and knowledge standpoint, they need to start making these decisions. They need to grab the responsibility and grab the reins of their own life. But that doesn't mean they need to separate from us emotionally. It doesn't mean there needs to be distance in the relationship. We can walk through adolescence with our kids and have a healthy, emotional, relational connection where we can interact with them like a mentor, where we can coach them and guide them and help them think things through and then empower them like a mentor has no choice to, to allow the kid to make their decision on their own. They can get that responsibility. They can begin to learn to make those decisions and become more mature without emotionally distancing from us. Unfortunately, adolescents with their emotions going up and down and the way they begin to push back and challenge with us can cause us to get into this battle, this back and forth, this reaction-based relationship where they do emotionally separate from us as well as physically separate from us and hide in their rooms. But in this, what I found is they're not learning. They're getting more negative. In this, they're not growing and grabbing more responsibility. They're often retreating from it because they've lost confidence. It's why developing this culture that failure is our friend in our home is so important. It's why seeing failure in a positive light as a teaching lesson, as a time for growth, as a time to become more like the Good Shepherd is so important in our homes with our kids. Failure can lead to conflict, or failure can lead to laughter and learning. How do we begin to laugh at our own failures so that we can laugh 
at our kids' failures. And that's what I'm having to do today after waking up last night at 3 o'clock and really getting down on myself because of the financial pinch I've created and the fact that it may mean my kids' company doesn't get off the ground and launch. It's a perfect time for me to approach the failure positively for myself and for me to help my kids look at it, learn from it, and approach this failure positively ourselves. And we're going to work together as a team to try and figure out how we move this forwards apart from that money and the marketing company. I don't know about you, but I often learn the most from my failures. I often learn even more if I walk in the light with those failures like I have with you today on this radio program. It's so very important. I know I've never said this on the radio program before, but it's a reality. The only way this radio program comes to you or this podcast comes to you every week is because we have a small group of faithful donors who give year in and year out, who give on a monthly basis and support the ministry here at Revive Family. If you are feeling led to help us move this ministry forwards, to continue to basically pay it forward so we can reach out and help coach and mentor young people and families, we can continue to provide uh, this content and our web content all for free, that would be a blessing. You can go to revivefamily.com and click on donate and make a donation right there. It would be greatly appreciated. If you want to help my kids recover from the mistake we made and I made in making the decision we did with the marketing company, they have a GoFundMe page up uh, that's all about marketing. It's been up for a while uh, as we've tried to figure out how to fund moving their dream forwards of helping endangered animals and the Philippine Eagle Foundation. You can go to GoFundMe and search on Saving Eagles and help them as well. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jeff Schott. I hope you can grab this and make failure your friend in the culture of your home. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.